It is Spencer Hall season, Dominique. Is it is it Spencer Hall season like coming to a close? What, what's what's the what's the vibe right now in Spencer's uh lair? Uh the vibe right now is we're on fumes, boys. We're on fumes. <laughs> this tank is below E and we're just hoping to make it to the next gas station, uh, which means that the manic joy of nearly being done and uh running on empty, we're there. We're we're fully there. I want everybody to keep that mindset too, because that's exactly where both teams are. Like everyone's tired. Yeah. Right. Dominic, you know better than anyone else. Football, uh, like, oh, you guys just play once a week. <laughs> yeah, once a week, buddy. Especially with, with college coaches who could care less what happens to your body. Um, and I was gonna say when you're 40, they don't care what happens to your body when you're 23. So <laughs> once you are over 22, maybe 23, 24, if you did some red shirt and they want you to still be in good condition. But anyway, we are at that mm -hmm. point of the season where we're yes. all tired, but the fans are all happy. Championship Monday, baby. They are thrilled. They're going to light this gas station on fire. TCU, uh, Georgia. I mean, I, the question that we we're presented here for the podcast audience by Silent Alabaster is simple. It's do you think TCU can hang with Georgia in the national championship game? And I'll just start this off by pointing out that they're currently – uh, Georgia is 12 and a half point favorites in the ways that I guess Vegas likes to bait us into betting on things. But mm -hmm. Spencer, I mean, what's your what's your what's your legally binding gambling advice? <laughs> um, legally binding gambling advice. Uh, that's how I know Pablo went to Harvard. He just made up some really evil sounding. That is so evil. Got a whole boy. That is American elite sounding as hell right there. Oh, Your legally binding free bet, prison term not included. Yep. It is put it included. on a deck. Yep. Yes. PowerPoint it. Yeah. You just do this as a pitch, and people are like, "Yo, look, billions. We'll send billions to this." People gamble, then they have to go to jail. We own the jails. Done. <laughs> Business plan. Um, we need to we need a reboot because this is the saddest start to a championship. Mm -hmm. uh, but all of episode ever, we're in jail. All of the metaphors we are appropriate. We're burning down gas stations. <laughs> we, got we got TCU going up against Georgia. Can mm -hmm. they get it done? Can mm. they get it done? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is my answer. Nobody else is going to be like, man, Georgia. And you're going to see somebody will uh, ask game day and they'll take a little screen cap of the like G, 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 right? Like there'll be four Gs. And uh, let me just be bold enough to say, TCU can win this game. They can win this game. And they can win it because the style of football they play, they're never really fully out of a game. They're not. This is an aggressive pass first team. Yes, they are capable of running. But when they run, they do something pretty well, which is use the quarterback as a run threat. And when they use the quarterback as a run threat, as everyone knows, you mess up the numbers in run and your run fits, and you open up passing opportunities downfield. I have a joke that has been not a joke several times with TCU, which is don't pay attention to what happens in the first half, because um, sometimes they might be up and sometimes they might be down. And at the end of the game, they're always within three points. That's just how it seems to work this year. The funny thing about Georgia is, like, I've been transparent um, uh, this whole season is that I parachute in for the big games. But this game, I've actually done mm -hmm. a little research. And the shocking mm. thing uh, for Georgia is they kind of have, if they have any problems, they have the opposite problem of everyone else in the country, is that 
they can't find enough guys on the back end. They got guys right. and guys and guys and guys at the front end. So, like, finding big, physical, fast, agile defensive linemen and linebackers and offensive line, their offensive line is incredible, too. They got plenty right. of them. That's not the issue. The question is, do they have the secondary based on what we saw in the Ohio State game, despite the fact that Ohio State has probably I'm, – I'm, I'm guessing four first-round picks eventually. Like, maybe not this coming year, but eventually – all of their receiving core will be first round picks because that's what happens for them in Alabama. Uh, but the back end hasn't looked that sharp for Georgia when there's no pressure uh, being provided by that front. So that's that's kind of the big question for me. If uh, Duggan and, and the Horn Frogs can stay in this game, it's going to be because they're breaking Georgia off with some big plays, which surprisingly Georgia gives up more than you would expect for a dominant team like this. But the question of whether Georgia is breaking down now more than they have all year, Spencer. I mean, here's a stat, right? Eight players have had 100-plus yards from scrimmage mm -hmm. against Georgia this season. Four of them came in the last two games. That was LSU, and that was Ohio State. And Ohio State, as Dominique just said, is the more troubling one. What are we supposed to take away from the state of, yeah, of, of the dogs right now? Well, it, it, I think you're supposed to take – to go back to where we started – this is where the team is wearing thin right now. It's wearing thin in the secondary. And this is one of those things where even I think they're big fasts, right? Jimbo Fisher likes calling, you know, all those guys up front, big fast, right? Your defensive tackles, your defensive ends who are massive, but who can still run four fives, you know, just these mutants who end up at Georgia and Alabama and other elite programs. Um, even they're suffering a little bit. Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter didn't look 100%. He's the all-world defensive tackle last seen yeah. in the LSU game, picking, picking up, up Jaden Daniels <laughs> as if he were a trophy. Yeah, that dude. That dude didn't look 100%. And I am afraid to um, say that that matters for Georgia yeah. because a player that good always matters. Yeah. A guy who can turn a game with one single play matters. And if he's not 100%, then I'm iffy on Georgia's pass rush. Um, there is one key matchup that everyone will zoom in on here, okay? And it is Keely Ringo versus Quentin Johnston. That's it. Yeah. They are both long, rangy, strong, both very, very strong players. Um, and I've seen people say that they don't like that matchup because it's Keely Ringo. Keely Ringo, I think, has a bad rap because he is the 98th percentile player or the guy who is a, a sort of boomer bust player yeah. at that profile. Corner from um, Georgia. Can, right, yeah. yes. The corner from Georgia because he can allow big plays, but he's also the guy who makes big plays. You might remember him uh, against Alabama uh, returning the, uh, the game-sealing interception. Like, he's that guy. His timing is great. Quentin Johnston is a receiver who will get the ball. Yeah. You will get the ball. So I think what Georgia has to hope is in that matchup that they will get some big plays run on them. That will happen. I think they have to hope that Keely Ringo <laughs> has the kind of game that he has where um, he's going to just make some timely make some timely plays and he's going to make some big mistakes and you hope that it comes out on Georgia's side of the ledger. That's a one-on-one -on -one matchup that if you had to boil the whole game down to me, it's that. Not like, oh, can you protect Max Duggan? He'll make things happen. He'll buy some time in the pocket. Right. That will happen. They're not going to be able to block him forever, and they're not going to run for 200 yards. Like, that's not going to happen on Georgia. You just need enough time.
My question is about everyone other than Quentin when it comes to the TCU receivers, because, and again, to be fair, I'm not watching college tape the way I'm watching NFL tape. So I'm not sure that Georgia does a lot of like double teaming or taking away your best weapon when they go up against them. This last game, it's hard to do that against Ohio State, because as I mentioned, it's likely that every guy catching a ball is a five star. So maybe you wouldn't do that. But in this game, that's not the case. They've got one guy that you need to stop which the other guys could play well. So that's the real question for me is like, not that Carter is going to give up plays here or there is, is Georgia going to sell out to stop him and then trust that the rest of their players can hold up long enough because it seems like Johnson having a big game is the only way that uh, TCU, not the only way, but it's if TCU wins, one thing that we know is going to happen is a lot of big plays from that big guy. The found yardage that you want, okay, is those underneath routes. Mm -hmm. You want to go ahead and make some hay, getting the ball underneath to all of those guys who are in space cleared out by Quentin Johnston. Mm -hmm. That's it, and by the threat of Quentin Johnston. So you want to hit some of those. The other thing, too, is found yardage. Found yardage in the form of Max Duggan scrambling, even if it's only for four, five, six yards at a time um, against K-State and against a a couple of other teams. He had these, like, heroic, you know, on the loose, uh, you know, sort of jailbreak runs. That's not going to happen here, but he can make your coverage difficult by demanding at least some attention forward towards him. If that's the case, you're going to see a little more space open up underneath, right? We're doing a live talking about the TCU offense, by the way, Georgia, Georgia has a challenge. They have a challenge offensively, which is this, that TCU runs a three, three, five and running a three, three, five it can look like spaghetti. Like if you pull back, you can just look up and see absolutely nothing that makes sense. So what Georgia has to do is simplify that as, as, as easily as they can, which is hopefully by running the ball. But at times TCU has looked unusually stout, like relative to their stats at times they've played stretches of pretty good run. Yeah. I mean, aside from some big plays against Michigan, which I guess you can't say aside from, but I was surprised. I, I was the kind of blue blood a believer and I was surprised in watching that game like oh TCU is a real real football team with mm-hmm. really big guys up front not well not defensively necessarily but they played big enough and uh, I don't know I'm I'm still hesitant to say that I can expect the same thing against Georgia because I'm brainwashed I, I drink the SEC Kool-Aid well and that's, I see that's the Georgia Bulldogs it's like man they're good I, I want to lick the toad. I want to <laughs> lick the toad. And yet I keep on doing the thing where I'm like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm the first guy in this fake television program this evening to say Stetson Bennett's name. Yeah, and I, no, I wonder where to. he fits in to this because what we just saw, I mean, literally after he won the game that ended 2022 and ushered in, um, yeah, this very strange year, we saw his head coach. We heard Kirby Smart do the thing that literally everybody who roots for Georgia has done at some point in their lives, which is like, say Stetson Bennett needs to play better. Yeah. And I'm just wondering for the guy who was undefeated this season, who is like, I don't know, by some argument, reasonable, I think, one of the greatest players in the history of this storied university. Clear out. Spencer, where are you on it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know where where Spencer is, and I'm going to give him space to give Stetson some love. <laughs> this is I'm going to pay him a, I'm going to pay him a compliment by starting with a warning, which is that TCU has to make him the focus of their game plan. They do. They have to make Stetson Bennett and disturbing and confusing him the focus of their game plan. I can't think of a better compliment than that because yeah. he's got to be. He has to be the target. 
right? Everybody's like, oh, you know, you got to keep Kenny McIntosh from, you know, piling up points. You got to keep Georgia from running the ball. No, 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 no. That's going to be hit or miss for you, okay? You have to take the approach of Georgia's going to get theirs on the ground. Mm -hmm. We cannot let Stetson Bennett beat us either with his feet by picking up easy first downs, which he has done consistently through his career on, you know, second and third short. But you have to confuse him and hope that he coughs the ball up. Let's just do, I'm going to look brilliant here, okay? Stetson <laughs> Bennett hasn't really Legally had a bad, bad game this year. Oh, he hasn't had the oh, game where he's Mahomes thrown three again? picks, four mm. picks. He hasn't had the oh, game. Oh, that floor, Dominique. Look how high that floor right? is. It's so high. Yes. That floor is higher than <laughs> after you after lick that, a toad. Okay? So if you want to know if what you have to do, first of all, you got to lick the toad. Second, right? Once you've done that, confuse Stetson Bennett. Three, you have to roll the dice and hope that you have his one bad game this year. Because I will tell you, Against Ohio State, that boy got a heater. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yes. Sick seam throw on that final drive right over the linebacker and in front of the safety in a spot where only a receiver could get it. Disgusting. I did not actually think. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I have watched him do that, and I was like, I did not know he could do yeah. that. Well, that's the thing about him, Dominique. Yeah. It's the thing about him. Like, he keeps on – and by the way, that was a 398-yard passing game, four touchdowns, one rushing. Like, this is Unreal. the thing he keeps on doing. Yeah, and we'd be going crazy. That's, I mean, we have all this confirmation bias that we bring into a lot of situations. If he was a highly touted player, we'd be talking about him a lot differently if he gave us that game. And it's possible that he's gotten better because I came into the whole Stetson Bennett experience last season like, oh, yeah, he's the thing holding them back because right. all the smart people told me to think that. Then I mm -hmm. watched him play, and I <laughs> looked at the way he looked, and I was like, yeah. That makes sense. And then I watched their defense play and I'm like, yeah, he's along for the ride. But I think in general, we, whenever we're talking about players or coaches, we do not take into account the idea that they can get better. You know, like we, mm -hmm. we think that particularly in college, there's a reasonable expectation that a guy can get better from year to year. But also with Stetson Bennett, it's really hard to believe that he could get as much better as he would have to get because he had two stops before he got to Georgia. Like he, oh, dude. he yeah, just he had was... to get good enough to get a scholarship. And now we're I, talking about him like he's the best quarterback in college mm -hmm. football. Uh, yeah. Well, the whole the backstory, just to fill in the blanks here. I mean, it is the story. Like anybody who's Stetson Bennett's like real true friend, the kind of friend who tells you the truth when no one else will. I can only imagine the number of times that they told him privately, like, give it up. They have tried starting literally a half dozen other people. All right, Alabaster. All right, let's, before I you guys you. go, let's do prediction, winners, and score. Oh, okay. I'll start. I'll start as the person who has watched the least tape. I am picking Georgia. I am picking them to win 45 to 44. Okay, so that's an incredibly thrilling competition that you created for us. I think we should go in order of qualifications. So since you are the least qualified, <laughs> means you're probably going to be right. But I'll go. I'll go next. So we'll save Spencer for last. I also am a coward who's going to go with the blue blood, Georgia, and um, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as you do. I'm going to go with. Uh, it's going to be the difference in this game is going to be Stetson Bennett's efficiency in the red zone. So we're going 35 because they're going to score all touchdowns, kick no field goals, come up short on the other side, TCU 27. 
Wow, he has a narrative too. Yeah, you gotta like, you gotta spin up a little nary. I, I too have a narrative, which is this: everyone's out of sync. It's a different place than they're used to playing. It's a road trip. Everything's a little bit different. Uh, people are tired. Different units are thin or thin in terms of coverage. So I think you know you'll get um, something that to me looks a lot like um, Auburn, Oregon when they played. I played that in the Cam Newton year, mm. right? An ugly game. Ugly in the first half, turnovers, sloppy. Then the second half will kind of go off once they figure out how to do things again. I like th- all right, and since nobody else is doing it, right? We'll see how many we'll see how many people we can get to watch this. TCU 31, Georgia 27. Woo! I like Whoa. that. I, like I will That's... I will bring this. Miami couldn't do this. The <laughs> 2000s turn of the millennium Miami teams could not do this. So yeah. let's go ahead and just raise the bar high. See if Georgia could jump over it. Okay. I mean, I think they could. We're talking about coulds, but if you want a prediction where I go, how does the moonshot happen? It happens with everyone playing badly, TCU going on a run, and we end up 31-27. I like frogs dang. for the wildest, the dang. wildest playoff win. I like Spencer that prediction. Licked the toad. Like Spencer I, has licked the toad. I, I like that prediction. I kind of want to switch to TCU because the idea of Mm-hmm. of Georgia playing as many intense games as they did last year alone and then coming mm-hmm. back and doing it again this year. Like, it it wears on you. Like, it's a lot. In TCU, they didn't have the same schedule last year and or this year. So they could be peaking at the right time. I, I like mm-hmm. it, but I'm not going to switch because I want Spencer to be right alone and we can celebrate him. I, I really appreciate that. But by the way, we don't talk about how impossible and improbable the thing Georgia is trying to do here. Yeah. We talk about how TCU has to climb the mountain. Georgia's trying to do something equally difficult. I want that on the record so that afterwards we yeah. can point to it and be like, award credit. Yeah, award credit. Like don't it. just be like, you should have won. That's fair. Be like, no, the thing you're trying to do is hard as hell. This man is good. You see what he just did there? He just, he, you know just, he, you know, he justified his pick of the underdog by solidifying how much it means. Because what we're doing is we're expecting the Georgia to win. So we're underappreciating how impressive it will be if they win while also covering his ass by saying, I'm the only one who picked TCU. He's smart. Dominique, there's a word for God. what Spencer Hall has. And that word is moxie. <laughs> Hey, listen, athletically, that would be all I have. Um, <laughs> I can't help but think about um, this is kind of sad, but like Jameson Williams last year, I mean, he's playing well and he's mm-hmm. playing now. Like that's in the back of my mind. He was the receiver for Alabama, who I thought was the best receiver in college football, would have been the first one taken towards ACL in um, the championship game. He still went in the first round uh, mm-hmm. to the Lions and he's just coming back in the last few weeks to play. And it's like, I. When I watch these games, they keep wanting to add more players or add more we, teams. I just we get just nervous, man. extinguished the fire at the gas station, and Dominique came back with the carousel. Yeah, I of waited until the did. end of the show. This of was hanging over did. me the whole time. We want Dominique Foxworth, professional me? rhetorical arsonist. There you go. That's me. I waited till the end to burn it down. It's nothing left. What, what am I keeping from burning down? We moved out. <laughs>